Welcome to Media Roots Radio. This is Robbie Martin. And this is Abby Martin. So I hope you guys had an enjoyable holiday season. We're recording this before New Year's, after Christmas. But what's nice is the Trump administration has a seemingly a Christmas surprise for us that they were cooking up before actually Christmas Day because on December 18th, the Trump administration released what they call their national security strategy. And Donald Trump is the only credited like author on the strategy. I've actually been trying very hard to find out who specifically wrote this, who authored it. I'm sure it's not just one person. I'm having trouble finding out. So if anyone's listening to this who knows who actually wrote this, please let us know and we'll include an annotation. It's extremely frightening. And it mentions biological weapons over 16 times in the document. It has an entire section on weapons of mass destruction, defending against weapons of mass destruction, combat bio threats and pandemics, and then, of course, strengthen border control. When I'm looking at this entire document, some of the main differences here between this and, say, rebuilding America's defenses by PNAC is that this has a strong emphasis on Iran and North Korea, specifically. Because when Rebuilding America's Defenses was written in 2000, it was about Iraq, about Afghanistan, but it also mentioned North Korea and Iran. But we have obliterated and murdered so many people in those countries since then that apparently they're not as much of a threat anymore, according to the Trump administration. Um, Even though we haven't even quote quote unquote won any of these wars we just fucking destroyed their countries and their infrastructure and then even now this is just a pathetic kind of spin that the trump administration and the republicans are doing is they're making it seem like trump's administration is responsible for defeating isis and it just hurt i was just listening to fox news earlier today because apparently 90 percent of isis's territory this is the stats coming out now have been taken away taken back But when you actually look at the stats specifically, basically that would almost imply that American troops and like forces have taken back 90% of the territory. It's complete bullshit. Um, It's almost all the Syrian army that is taking it back. So once again, the Trump administration, just like the economy, is taking credit for something that's completely false, has nothing, really nothing to do with us. And also the mainstream media in general, the neoliberal media doesn't want to give the Syrian army credit either because it's Assad. Yeah, and that's where they left it. <laughs> even the, even the cities that they claim are liberated in Iraq and Syria are, you can see people who go there and show with drone photography or just drive around. Like, I wouldn't really even call it like a liberated city because they're just completely obliterated. It look like yeah. they've just been like bombed to the Stone Age yeah. with bombs. You know, so it's just yeah. Raqqa. I'm thinking of Raqqa specifically because mm-hmm. that was a big one. And the footage is just horrifying. I mean, it just looks like you're you're driving around Hiroshima. Well, these are the things that we used to... It's like, it looks... Yeah, it looks like aerial bombardments from like World War II. It's like, like destroy, Germany or destroying, or destroying a city to liberate it. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's what's just so Awful. disgusting about this. Um, I mean, even if you did it with ground troops or like a raid or something, it's like just... The, I mean, yeah, the idea of liberating people through bombing them... Um, and through you know military force is obviously a, f- a false <laughs> paradigm, but yeah, um, the Trump administration, of course, is taking credit for that. But interestingly, this national security strategy that they've written up focuses quite a lot on North Korea and North Korean biological weapons and nuclear weapons. Yeah. Before you get into this, let's just set the stage really quickly. Yeah. We we have been talking about the possibility of obviously World War III with Trump, um, the possibility of... Even before Trump too. Totally. Yeah. There are so many hotspots in the world right now, whether it be um, Ukraine, Russia, Syria, Iran. There's so many things that we thought Trump was going to destabilize even further and potentially catapult World War III, getting all these global players involved. I never never thought it would be North Korea. And I'm, and I'm saying this, hopefully like it won't happen, but it seems like that's where the administration is focusing the most. This is coming on the heels, of course, of actually arming basically weaponry for Ukraine, which Russia has already said, please don't do this. This is going to completely 
help radicalize like neo-Nazis and, and the oh, arms yeah. are going to get into the hands of the wrong people. And this is what Obama was preventing for years and years um, in contradiction to all the think tanks and all the neocons yeah. surrounding him, telling him he's he's like doing Putin's bidding. He knew. He knew how detrimental that would be if he authorized those weapons shipments. So what did Trump do? <laughs> this whole normalizing like relations with Russia thing is a fantasy. These neoliberals like to glom onto this thing and say like, he has Putin's dick in his mouth, but it's like, well, why is he shipping weapons to neo-Nazis in Ukraine? Mm -hmm. <laughs> Doesn't really seem like Putin's puppeting him at all. No, and that's what's interesting about even his, you know, supporters who are even there's there and there are a lot of these people still out there. So these, these people who call themselves progressives who think Trump is actually anti-establishment still, who are just completely ignoring this kind of shit. I think like Caitlin Johnstone wrote about it like once as like an aside to one of her articles and it's like for someone coming from the perspective she claims to be coming from of like being fixated on the Russia gate propaganda not wanting to go to get into world war three with russia that should be a ser there should be literally a series of articles these people should be writing about that in the same way they were like hands off syria trump when he bombed syria for some reason this is not causing any pushback at all from those kinds of supporters right, who claim they're anti-war with Russia. And it comes back to the whole thing, why do we not hear any sort of um, protesting from the quote-unquote alt-right anti-interventionists, Trump supporters, about the drone wars being ramped up 400%. I mean, Venezuela threats to overthrowing that, and North Korea. I mean, it seems to only be working with Russia and Syria in terms of like combating Muslim extremists. I mean, it really does seem to come back to this kind of xenophobic, weird um, Islamophobic sentiment and how we should work with Russia, like almost uh, adulating Putin for his like right-wing authoritarianism, like uh, akin to Trump. So it's just odd. It's not genuine. It's completely disingenuous. And yeah, and here we are on the verge of war. I mean, there's so much to say about North Korea. Um, why don't you start with this document and, and we can go from there about all the latest propaganda. But it's just, it's also shitty that this is now happening under the radar. Yeah. Of course, not hearing a peep about it on the news. Well, the culture war stuff seems to be what Trump wants to generate the most public attention about. Mm -hmm. I have a feeling that when he said he wants to bring like fire and fury down on North Korea like the world has never seen, I think he's savvy enough to know that that's not going to generate him the the best kind of publicity but at the same time like saying like crude and vulgar things even like calling elizabeth warren pocahontas in front of that that contingent of like native americans he has no problem doing that kind of stuff because he knows it'll just generate like an entire day or two of news that all of his supporters will love like it's not really a risk for him because he's not his intention is not to be, do like a big tent or be inclusive mm -hmm. it's just to like create mm -hmm. these divisive culture war statements so I have a feeling that the Trump administration, and it seems like they're already decided to launch, and the New York Post describes it as, or the Telegraph actually, described it as a bloody nose attack from th uh, two anonymous administration officials. There, It's already being planned, and the train has already left the station. We're not trying to be hyperbolic about this. We've been warning about this a little bit on the podcast, but now it really does seem like the machinery has already started. And with someone like Trump in charge and giving the military the free reign that he has, it's very, very dangerous. And I think that everybody needs to be talking about this right now. And basically, it started with this national security strategy document he released right before Christmas. And it has a quote in it that says, North Korea is pursuing chemical and biological weapons, which it also could be delivered by missile. North Korea, a country that starves its own people, has spent hundreds of millions of dollars on nuclear, chemical, and biological weapons that could threaten our homeland. And earlier this month, um, and this is actually Newsweek quoting from the National Security Strategy document, but earlier this month, they also ran a quote from that McMaster said earlier this month that North Korea was, quote, the greatest immediate threat to the U.S. Now, What's interesting here is this took a couple of weird steps. So first, the national security strategy came out. Then a few other stories started to come out around the same time saying, oh, shit, that idea that Trump might launch a preemptive strike in North Korea. Now it seems really serious and it can actually possibly really happen. A few mainstream media articles came out like that, some editorials. Tim Chirac, who's like a North Korea expert, great journalist, 
recently also started to, I think, become more alarmed about not just the red. It's actually not even the rhetoric because the most alarming rhetoric came out like three months ago when Trump said, bring fire and fury right. down, which was really scary to hear him say that. But it's not even the rhetoric at this point. It's like these leaks and what seems like they're already, the machinery is already moving behind the scenes. But there's also propaganda leaks coming out. And that's what I'm going to go into now. So from this national security strategy, they're already talking about biological weapons. or They mention anthrax in it. They even mentioned the 2001 anthrax attacks in it. They don't say anthrax in North Korea directly. But what happened is the day after this, this national security strategy report came out, a Japanese newspaper, Asai Shimbun, reported that the North Korean regime has started tests with a view to loading intercontinental ballistic missiles with anthrax. Now, that's actually the source of a torrent, um, hundreds of stories in the U.S. press right now saying that North Korea is considering attaching anthrax to missiles, ICBM missiles, and launching them at the United States or South Korea, which is, you know, for anyone who's listened to our podcast, anyone who lived through the Iraq war propaganda, that's straight out of like 2003, or even you take it back even to the Clinton era, there you can find video clips of Clinton talking about how Saddam was planning to put anthrax on top of a Scud missile. You remember the term Scud missile? Well, the reason Scud missile was even a term that we knew, like when I was a child still basically, is because it was related to a biological attack. I mean, what do you think, Abby, about this coming out in a Japanese newspaper a day after? this national security strategy that's talking about how North Korea wants to launch biological attacks. Well, we know Abe is a crazed neocon who is probably tight. Abe is the prime minister of Japan. So he is now, um, there's so many things about what Abe is doing and and I'm going to butcher them right now. You should check out the Empire Files episode about just what he's doing to ramp up the militarism in Japan. But it but it's not surprising to me that these things would be leaking down kind of from the state down, just like they do in the U.S. to these newspapers in Japan. I mean, Abe is probably very tight with Trump. He's working um, he's, he's working side by side with him militarily to dominate the region. Um, Japan will have to be involved in this, obviously. And, and the big thing is China, but we can get into that in a second. But yeah. Abe, I mean, everything from after World War II, Japan had a law in their constitution that was like they cannot be a military aggressor. Abe's <laughs> revamping the law or like overturning it. Also, he, you know, just basically embracing full-blown like U.S. military in the country. I mean, Okinawa is just a, a destroyed area because of what the U.S. military has done. So, I mean, back to this anthrax thing, it's so disturbing to me. I mean, whenever you see propaganda coming out like this, just ad nauseum and it's like, there was like a, a memo. <laughs> you know, it was like a memo sent out to all news stations to just like cover this story. Well, that's, that. I mean, that is what it seems like, which is, you know, in the past it would have been like, okay, the media pretty much does what the government wants them to do. They have their methods of doing it through leaks or whatever, but this do, this does have a different more specific flavor where it does seem like what you just said like a coordinated propaganda campaign but it does raise the question well it's like wait a second i thought that the media all hated trump in his administration i thought that cnn and newsweek and vice which ran which is actually one of the first times i saw this this is just another example of how vice is a total fucking shit show especially when it comes to foreign policy we already talked about their sexual harassment and their alt, proto-alt-right bullshit. But this is an article that ran on December 20th. North Korea is reportedly testing anthrax tip missile. The country allegedly wants to see if the deadly bacteria can survive a flight on an ICBM by River Donahue. This article does not at any point really fundamentally question this idea that it's even a logical a method of attack to use anthrax on the tip of a missile, which just seems like would, wouldn't be effective to me. Right. No, are, totally. Totally. How exploding. would that even work? Yeah. Even the most weaponized strain of anthrax. I've done a lot of research on, you know, basically weaponized anthrax. The reason the U S army wanted the aim strain to weaponize 
which I think was naturally found in nature at some point. Mm -hmm. Like it's not the U.S. Army wasn't sophisticated enough to develop their own strain of anthrax like with genetic engineering back then. It's been around for a while. Once the U.S. Army discovered that strain, they cultivated new spores from it because it was the strongest and most virulent strain of anthrax they had ever found on record. That's the re that's how so that was like the that's that's how some people can maybe characterize your you're not weaponizing it but it's like it's weaponized in the sense that it's the strongest strain mm -hmm. and they cultivated it on purpose because the spores were able to withstand traveling long long distances yeah but how would they survive if a missile that's explodes? what i'm saying even of the most weaponized sense. strain yeah. it's it's it would be incinerated upon impact is there anyone it's in so any bizarre. of these articles i wonder talking about the legitimacy of like the of that having That's an what effect I'm no the 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 vice it's article incredible. let's just narrow down narrow like in there's on the no vice like, article like nuclear engineers or anything being no. like hey this actually here's like the no nope here's the plausibility of this actually like having a mass effect no and they're all just keep consulting this retired general basically in all these articles the same one over and over and over again it's just unbelievable how easy it is to do this, to yeah. disseminate propaganda in mass. In it, they even use a Bush-era document from 2005. This is, all, this is what Vice says. This is a quote. U.S. intelligence officials have long warned of North Korea's biological weapons program. The country has allegedly been stockpiling smallpox, anthrax, and other dangerous bacterial strains since at least the 1990s. Now, they, in, in that sentence I just read you, those two sentences, they hyperlink about the U.S. intelligence officials long warning us of North Korea's biological weapons program to a Bush-era report from 2005. Bush officials were tried to claim, just like John Bolton tried to claim that Cuba had a biological weapons program. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying that it's, that it's not possible that North Korea has one. I mean, a lot of um, you know, world powers have biological weapons program because, once again, the U.S. government was developing a shit ton of biological weapons. So was the UK government. Um, so was the Russian government. So yeah, it's very, very disturbing because this article doesn't even question it at all. It just uses words like allegedly and you know, reportedly. Mm -hmm. It doesn't say anything about... So that's that's really bad that Vice is running articles like this that are really identical to... You go on Google News right now, if you know how to use the Boolean operators on Google, you know, put North Korea in quotes, anthrax. Right now on Google News, uh, there are over 76,000 results. For anthrax North Korea. Yep. And it's, it's, I mean, it's really, really serious. You know, I don't know if there's that many stories on that are you can actually find, but I mean, this is a massive, massive blast of a propaganda campaign that I have not seen against a foreign adversary since, you know, maybe the first Syrian chemical weapons attack, you know, alleged. And it's just so out of the blue. It's like with the Iraq war, I almost understood the brainwashing and conditioning after 9-11. If you look at how the media operated, it was like a huge psyop, right? Just just conditioning everyone to accept this endless, this, this yeah. endless war. Here we are. Almost 17 years later. And the fact that this is, we're so close. We're on the precipice of like having another war just completely preemptively for no reason. Has nothing to do with Muslims, has nothing to do with anything at all. Nothing to do with, like no, no war on communism, nothing. Yeah, it's just will, like, oh, okay, now this might happen. Completely out of the blue, totally random and pre-fucking-emptive. How is something like this happening? How is like, if I, if I were the, like any leader in another country, I would just band together and be like we will completely cut off and isolate ourselves yeah. from you if you do this because millions of lives are at stake yeah. millions tens of millions well that's what's so fascinating just i didn't I don't mean to go off on like a weird rabbit hole but like when you even watch like the john ronson bilderberg special one of the bilderbergers that he gets to interview in the special like a really old guy i don't even know what he I think he's like british royalty or something he basically says that they don't want another Hitler to be able to rise to power and like destroy the world now that we have like nuclear weapons, especially. Now, if that's the mentality that sort of makes you know those kind of like quote unquote globalists the way that they think, then what so what allows somebody like the United States to do this? Mm -hmm. 
did they do those kinds of people think that North Korea being like preemptively attacked is a good idea? That's the question I don't know the answer to. This is all kind of being done in secret right now. Yes, this is I just told you 76,000 results on Google News, but you won't see this really on TV right now. Maybe some people are. I'm not watching enough TV. If if there is if there is like a CNN special hour long specials about this, please let us know. It's very very weird. I and actually I wouldn't be surprised if there was to try to sow the seeds to help Trump because as we know, like that's the one thing that that there'll be a bipartisan consensus on. It's just like the Jerusalem thing. Democrats will might protest this and be like, oh no, this isn't good. We should we should have diplomatic negotiations. But then on paper, it's like they've all supported this type of regime change. They all have this on record of how to take out like a first strike of the nuclear capabilities and how they can do regime change in North Korea. It's every administration, every congressman, every senator probably agrees, but it's just like how bombastic is this whole operation going to be? And once Trump, act, and, and, and just like the Jerusalem thing, just like how every democratic senator and congressman agreed with it, and every administration had it like in their in their platform. They didn't do it because they knew how insane it would be. But Trump is capable of doing it. That's the problem. So and his military, <laughs> that the people, the military generals who are surrounding him. Yeah, they want him. They've war. already said. They've already crossed the Rubicon in their minds, and you could tell that the rhetoric has changed already. How? Tell us how. Because before, you had all these people saying, look, we want diplomatic relations. We want to try to negotiate with North Korea. So what, what changed? Well, this is interesting. So the Telegraph reported on the 20th. This is just a few days after the bombardment of anthrax propaganda. This is the source of this story. And this is, to me, the really scary... Yes, the fact that we're being bombarded by this idea that North Korea is going to launch anthrax against us in South Korea, that's scary as shit. Because you know, if you've listened to this podcast long enough, you know what that means to me and Abby. If you've done any... Also looked into the 2001 anthrax attacks that happened here. Um, They were talking about Iraq's biological weapons program, and then all of a sudden we got anthrax sent through our mail that killed five people. Um, and it was in Iraq, by the way. So that's scary. But this is way scarier to me because this really codifies it. So the Telegraph reported, uh, quote, the White House has dramatically stepped up preparation for a military solution in recent months amid fears diplomacy is not working. Well-placed sources said three administration sources, two former U.S. officials with current thinking and a third figure in the administration confirmed military options were being worked up. This is different from being on the table. We already knew they've been on the table, being worked up. So far, this has mostly been rumor that the idea that they're already, you know, there's already gamed out scenarios. This is different because this means that like active military plans are being worked up. Continues, the Pentagon is trying to find options that would allow them to punch the North Koreans in the nose. And the whole thing is framed around this idea that the Trump administration internally is using the term bloody nose attack. They want to like sucker punch North Korea, like almost like I punched you harder than you can punch me, so stay down kind of mentality. If you read the whole article, that's, that's kind of what they, they mean by that. Which is incredible considering back in 1994, Clinton was considering a preemptive strike on North Korea's. Um, the nuclear reactor, but they concluded ultimately that even that limited action would claim a million lives in the first 24 hours, and this was well before they even possessed nukes. So it's just amazing to me that they're like gaming out this shit now and being like, yeah, like accounting for the nuclear weapons, it could cost like tens of millions of lives within yeah. mere days, and that is not deterring them. I, I just, it's mind blowing to me. I mean, this is like well beyond uh, Iraq, Syria. This yeah. is, this is, this is Iran style, but, but worse because we're talking about nuclear weapons. I mean, we've, ne- we haven't fought a standing military and, and a country that we've already destroyed 20% of the population during the Korean war. Since that happened, they have been arming and preparing to fight the U S since that very day that the war ended. One scary thought that I have is that a lot of these like think tank type people and like war strategists and even the defense contractors, they're not just going to make a lot of money off of this. Like that's going to be probably good for them in that regard. Probably looking at it in the long term too. And they're thinking, well, this could also be an amazing chance to, uh, to launch the world's biggest experiment. Like if North Korea does stay down and they don't cause that many casualties on our side, 
doesn't matter how many losses they have. We could test all these new fucking weapons on a standing army and just, and be like, well, they are keeping their population as slaves. Like the humanitarian equation, almost like, I bet you they're not even like worried about that. Well, it's because so, it's, yeah. because for them, the opportunity is just so amazing for them to be able to use what, you know, all this new shit that they have on an actual army. It's never been seen before. I mean, Vietnam it's probably the last time the world's really seen what that level of technology at the time the was like, capable of. dropping the two nuclear bombs. Yeah. But I mean, in terms of like using weaponry on a... Because the Viet Cong could be considered a conventional army to some extent. The, the scariest thing to me is that we already have cemented ourselves as the global superpower, the, the world's largest and most dangerous empire, right? The world has ever seen with the dropping of the nuclear weapons. And we came out as the global supreme with the dropping of the nukes. And that was the very purpose of it, obviously. Fast forward till today, the fact that we're contemplating doing this, what is that going to do to the U.S. then? I mean, how much more of an empire can we really become how much, how much more, more of a global hegemon and like terrorizing the planet and more just evil, evil. in our hearts S- the most sinister shit like that yeah, would the be like the, the, the biggest war crime the world has ever seen i mean absolutely yeah but on the other hand what's disturbing is we can you know right now the framing of it i don't think most people will see it as a war crime that's what's so disturbing north korea is one of those countries where the propaganda has been steeped for so long it's very hard to defend because it's such a closed off society. It's the country where you can say, I always say this, you can say anything about it. They believe in unicorns. They make everyone get the same haircut. He assassinates people in parades that aren't crying. He kills his own relatives with dogs. It has dogs feeding on people in the street. There's cannibalism. They sell human flesh and and vend. I mean, it's just outrageous what you can say, parroted by Bloomberg, New York Times. I mean, literally fake news because defectors and journalists, quote unquote, are given lavish rewards. Um, It's the same type of shit they would say about the Soviet Union. I mean... They would basically make it seem like Soviet children were like dangerous because they had been so brainwashed, like we shouldn't even feel sorry for them. They were almost like soldiers. In the same way they try to dehumanize <laughs> like Palestinian yeah. children now. Like yeah. I've watched videos. I mean, I I didn't include them in a very heavy agenda, but I watched a lot of those old videos like showing like with the ominous music showing you the way like Soviet you know, Soviet society. And a lot of it was even reenactments where they would hire American actors and just like film scenes and stuff. Like that's how even more hokey the propaganda used to be. It had to be because like yeah. the otherism was just like other white people. <laughs> you yeah. had to like totally yeah. demonize them mm-hmm. to the point where there's like devils. Um, it's absolutely terrifying. I'm so upset because like we were saying, I mean, we don't even see the pushback from the people who are pushing back on the serious stuff with North Korea. No, there's barely any talk right now, even on the anti-imperialist left, which really concerns me. Because that means that the Trump administration is effectively doing this quietly enough where it's not catching their attention. It's all about Yemen right now for the anti-imperialist left and all about Saudi Arabia and Yemen and Syria. And while I can understand that, in the Middle East, it, we fucked it up so bad. It's so awful. Like, I can understand the need to want to continue focusing on that, but this, like, this hasn't started yet. So it's like, now I feel like we need time, we really yeah. need to focus on it and mobilize to try to prevent it if we have any chance to at all, because it's that, it's really, really the biggest thing right now. And unlike, you know, everything from, from Assad to Gaddafi to Saddam, you could argue. Um, the good things they did for society as well, you know, like it was it was definitely easier for people to say this is the way their societies need to be run right now. You know, Gaddafi had the highest living standard in all of Africa. Like there were certain things that worked for them and their populations. But like no one can say that about North Korea without being lambasted. And we already see it retroactively. I mean, I'm being told still that I'm an apologist for Saddam and I'm apologist for Gaddafi still, you know, mm-hmm. even though Libya is an open slave market, failed state overrun by ISIS. So I can't even fathom the propaganda and smear campaigns and vitriol to anyone even opposing whatever is going to happen. And we have to stand strong and we can't let that affect us because that's going to come in waves that we yeah. have not seen yet. You think it's going to be easy to defend Kim Jong-un? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, 
by the time Iraq came along, Saddam Hussein had already been like the cartoon villain in like dozens of movies, you know? You really think about who that is now, it's him. It's Kim Jong-un. That's the sad part. And it's going to be harder to be in that position and be like, here's why I think he should stay in power. Right. That's not the angle. So, I mean, <laughs> not saying <laughs> exactly. that you shouldn't take that position because they have the right to their sovereignty. It's like that middle ground where it's like, well, what do you recommend? Like, well, we have to do something, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and this is one of the only articles I've seen that really takes it fully seriously, even though there's all, you know, takes the humanitarian and the, just the gravity of the situation seriously is it's an article in Current Affairs from a few days ago um, where the guy is basically responding to the Telegraph article and he says, quote, if the Telegraph's reporting is correct, this is the most important news story of the moment. Compared to the possibility of North Korea, everything else looks insignificant. This has potentially more serious consequences for human lives than anything else going on right now. It's not the most profound thing to say, but it's, I think it's obviously true. From what publication? Current Affairs. And then he continues to, to basically just mention a bunch of a roundup of the official statements. Like I was saying the rhetoric's changed. And I said it's changed for the worse, meaning that tr while Trump did say fire and fury a few months ago, and that was crazy, crazy rhetoric, the rhetoric of his other uh, administration officials has been, at, around that time, it was actually more diplomatic. It was almost in opposition to what he said. Do you remember Rex Tillerson was like saying way more soft yeah, things yeah, about yeah. diplomacy, and it was almost like yeah. shocking that Trump just came out and said that? But ever since then, they've been inching more and more towards aggressive rhetoric. So very recently, um, quote, McMaster has said that unless the North Koreans give up their nuclear weapons, denuclearization will be compelled. There's very little likelihood that North Korea will voluntarily give up their weapons. Compulsion then seems like a genuine possibility. That's partially a McMaster quote. But then the author goes on to say, I can think of half a dozen good reasons why we should believe the U.S. might take sudden military action against North Korea sudden and i think he's right my god the first and most obvious is the personality of donald trump kim jong-un has adopted the strategy of deliberately taunting trump by increasing his tests and trump is not a man who likes to be humiliated i mean again obvious and this was all stuff like even neoliberals and the quote-unquote resistance idiots were saying before russiagate kicked in they were saying this was what they were actually saying might happen that Trump could get it, like tweet us into a war with mm -hmm. North Korea, or mm -hmm. but once the people underneath him starts saying, "Yeah, we should do this," right, calling it bloody nose attacks and writing up the docs, up, yeah, it's um, it's a really, really dangerous, scary situation. And and again, the missile tests are only happening because they've already Kim Jong-un has already said multiple times he would never strike first and I believe that this is all just defensive strategy on behalf of North Korea for very obvious reasons but also the missile test he's also said he would stop if we just stopped surrounding Korea with just warships and and missiles being pointed at them so this is completely defensive strategy but everyone in the U.S. just pretends like that's what's provoking us and we haven't even talked yet about what the geopolitical consequence of this might oh be. Oh my God. I mean, I mean, you said World War III earlier. It's not I just wasn't because joking. us versus North Korea no. could be a nuclear holocaust with them or with South Korea or, you know, they're probably not going to be able to reach us. You know, I'm not just saying that because I don't want them to reach us, but they're probably not going to be able to directly. That's what's sad about it. Once again, America might just launch this horrible war in another country and have like zero consequences directly happening to us. Meanwhile, you know? Korea, Japan, China, they're all like, please God, we are going to die. Yeah. So China, that's, that's what I was just going to bring up is China and the U.S. are currently running these giant drills during what is normally a quiet time of the year for military drills. It also isn't even like how we were running all these drills in Poland and stuff during Ukraine. Like that was done as like a PR stunt, I feel like almost. It was NATO's way of just reminding the world what they were all about. You know, they would do these drills. They were obviously trying to remind Russia to not fuck with them. And, you know, all that kind of shit. This seems, this is scarier because it's being done in quiet during like a quiet time of month where people aren't reporting news. 
That's what's very scary about this timing of all this. Late December is kind of when you might want to get away with some shit without people noticing. While everyone's talking about Merry Christmas. Yeah. So Business Insider reported um, a few days ago, quote, that December is normally a rather quiet time for military drills. The U.S. this month brought in a record number of stealth aircraft to train up on the air war against North Korea. Immediately after the drill, which featured a marked increase in simulated bomb runs on North Korean targets, the U.S. and South Korea reportedly engaged in drills to infiltrate North Korea and neutralize its weapons of mass destruction. Oh, my God. But they don't say nuclear weapons specifically in here. So, what is it going to be? Another, like, WMD hunt? Like in Iraq? Like for anthrax and nerve gas and stuff? Again, it's just so effing random. Oh, God. It's like ever since Bush declared North Korea part of the axis of evil, which really did stop the normal normalized relations, we were negotiating with them up until this that point. And since then, it's just been this cartoonish escalation of threats. But now it's just like the fact that this could actually happen. It was always kind of like a distant thing. Like, yeah, I know that this is eventually going to come to a head, but how? And it just seemed such in the distant future and like not possible because it just didn't make sense. Yeah. Um, and now that it actually is so close, what is going to be the actual basis of going in? Like, what is going to be the pretext here? Or are they going to do this with just zero pretext and just being like... He's threatening us. Well, we got to do something. He's going to he's gonna kill us. I mean, are people really going to buy that? It's nuts to me. Because they haven't done, had the balls to do that in a long time. Well, this is what I worry about. I mean, everyone has been talking about 2017, worst year ever. You know, how could it get any worse? 2016 was the worst year ever. We're so emotionally taxed and so stressed out already. And our nervous systems are just so worn out that another war, like on this scale right now, I mean, I, I the human toll is obviously the thing I worry about the most, but how the world is going to react to it and then how Americans react to it, thing, we're going to get really ugly over here. I mean, it's just like the civil war, you know, mentality. The reptilian brain. Yeah, the reptilian brain stuff is just going to get is even worse and worse if that happens. Because you know all the Trump voters are going to say it's yeah it's great. So. Yeah. I mean, if and, and even if that happens, like, we might even have a draft and shit. Like, we still have a draft. Like, the draft yeah. is not abolished, guys. There's some really scary possibilities here. Yeah, you're right. We have I mean- to remember that all these wars we fought, they've been, like, Dirty wars. Yeah, exactly. It's we, been we, we destroyed we Latin America, armies. covertly yeah. destroyed the Middle East by proxy. Saddam's Bathist army was bombing. like a destroyed immediately. That's why Bush stupidly did the aircraft thing. Who took out Saddam's army. They're teeny. I mean, this would be a real, not saying it would be a fair war, it would be a real war. Like for right, real. Right. Doesn't like like this idea of knocking Kim Jong Un down with a bloody nose and it's hoping like, <laughs> he's not he's gonna surrender? It's so arrogant and insane. It is, but you know at the same time all the neocons who claim to hate him now, Bill Crystal, David Frum, all those resistance people, Max Boot, all the think tanks you know who say that Trump is unhinged, Robert Kagan even, if Trump does North Korea, they'll all be backing him, guaranteed. Of course, just yeah. like they were when he dropped the mini-nuke on ISIS caves in Afghanistan, and just like they were when he sent the Tomahawk missiles into Syria. And they do you loved think that it, CNN and MSNBC are going to be against it? No, they're going to love it. Yeah. All of a sudden, Trump's going to be the president again. Presidential. It's all about our troops. Yeah, it's going to be all about the yeah, troops. And the South Koreans. That's going to be the thing that they're going to... Ch- I mean, that's the sad part. They're going to incur the heaviest casualties the soonest... And we're going to use them yeah. to tug on our heartstrings, just like we do like with Christians and ISIS and stuff. It's like, well, the Christians are being mm-hmm. crucified and raped and turned into ter- sex slaves by ISIS. You know, now it's going to be all about the South Korean. I mean, it just, it's you making me look, sick to my stomach you have to, to actually look from like, game North, this out, what it's going to it be like. It is insane. You have to look from Korea's perspective, too. This is, they're looking at an empire, again, destroyed 80% of all cities in North Korea, claimed one in four relatives. 20% of the population was was obliterated from U.S. warfare. 
again, they're looking at the empire having dictated 70 years of policy over the entire peninsula. This is an empire that just randomly and arbitrarily drew a line throughout Korea and said, here's North Korea, here's South Korea. Here, I'm reading this from a Truth Art article right now. There's 28,000 U.S. troops across South Korea alone. Again, looking from North Korea's perspective, 28,000 U.S. troops across South Korea. And the U.S. missile defense system, the THAAD, which we'll get into, um, but that alone is insane. And the fact that that has just been like rolled out um, totally against China's wishes, totally against Korea's wishes, like even the new president or whatever was like elected on a platform of like an anti-THAAD platform. So it's, it's scary when you look at what the U.S. has been doing to just prep the peninsula for so long to think of Trump using all these toys um, is quite disturbing. Do you want me to talk about Thad really quick, or do you want to say well, more about? Look, yeah, I was actually yeah talk about it while I'm trying to find it in the national. I'm trying to see if it's in his actual national security strategy. Okay, so Thad is a giant missile defense system, just like Reagan's Star Wars fantasy, just like the Iron Dome fantasy. These are systems that do not work. Like fundamentally, even military experts say they don't work. Um, so we've just put that in the country, pushing it through. Um, it's controversial on many fronts. It emits dangerous radiation. It was never submitted for a vote. It was kind of just unilaterally like, we're just going to do this. Um, China is is very threatened by it. They said it's a threat to their national security. They say that it's aimed at them. And they basically have responded with sanctions. Like, that's how much they're offended by the THAAD defense system in Korea. And, um, yeah, basically the local residents of the town that THAAD is in are just, like, furious. They're like, what the fuck? Why is this, like, billion-dollar Lockheed Mep Martin weapon system here? We've, we're never consulted about this being here. Like, it's just all these people are just being used as props for the U.S. empire. Because when you look at even Korea, you should watch my friend Anya Parampil's documentary about Korea. She went there and did a whole hour special about it. And she really goes into how Korea is essentially still an arm of the U.S. empire. That under any war that that mm -hmm. is carried out, like it will just fold into the U.S. Of course. Um, and it will not really be an autonomous entity. So yeah, we just yeah, use yeah. it as a proxy. We've used it as just a battering ram, like a holding place this entire time and what a shame for the tens of millions of Koreans who are going to die um, from Trump's belligerence and from the fucking belligerence and arrogance of the US empire. Um, let's just say really quickly how many people live there. Um, 22 million people live in North Korea, 44 million people live in South Korea. But of course, like we said, this could engulf um, Japan, China, Russia is mm -hmm. gonna get involved. I mean, how could Russia just sit back? Yeah. How many people are in Guam? Also, Good probably question. not very many. Um, and I was just—I was trying to find the Thad mentioned in his national security strategy document, Trump's. Yeah. Um, but there's just a section, and again, this is interesting. They keep pairing together North Korea and Iran. They're the first two countries mentioned, in like the the sort of laying out the doc, the document at the beginning, but then they have a thing called the section called priority actions, enhanced missile defense. The United States is deploying a layered missile defense system focused on North Korea and Iran to defend our homeland against missile attacks. This system will include the ability to defeat missile threats prior to launch. Enhanced missile defense is not intended to undermine strategic stability or disrupt long-standing strategic relationships with Russia or China. <laughs> That's really funny. They had to put that caveat at the end. Is that strange? Unbelievable. Just going back really quick um, before you, you continue on that point, uh, just about the gravity and the seriousness of how locked into this the Trump administration already is, seemingly. Um, and this Business Insider article, um, which has the headline, U.S. and China preparing for war with North Korea, uh, they say, quote, at a speech at the Atlantic Council last week, Secretary of State Rex Tillerson said the U.S. Preparing, was preparing plans to seize loose nuclear weapons should North Korea somehow collapse or become unstable. Um, and then it goes on to say, quote, uh, we're not committed to any peaceful resolution. We're committed to a resolution, McMaster told the BBC a few weeks ago. We have to be prepared, if necessary, to compel the denuclearization of North Korea without the cooperation of that regime. So My that's God. a huge change in the rhetoric 
I mean, you don't say stuff like that unless like no. plans have changed. Um, something's changed. And what's especially odd to me is Bannon, right before he left at an interview where he was kind of like going against some of Trump's rhetoric, including on North Korea, right before he left. Yeah, he's like, we need a marching war with Islam. What are you, what are you distracted about Korea for? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the, that's the um, fly on the wall. Um, Medea Benjamin wrote the article that I was quoting from. She says, you know, just the amount of bases, 83 U.S. military bases on um, South Korean soil. 83 U.S. military bases That's on South Korean soil. <laughs> like, I thought what? it was going to be more than that. That is unbelievable. <laughs> well, that's <laughs> only 83. Shocking. And she said, okay, so the U.S. South Korean many. military exercises, have you're talking about them right now. They've been getting larger, more provocative, including dropping mock nuclear bombs on North Korea. Like, that's a mock drill that they do. Um, and they also permanently have stationed an armed drone called Gray Eagle that's been practicing long-range strikes uh, and deploying them from Guam. So I, the 83 bases thing is mind-blowing to me. <laughs> I wonder what the Trump... I mean, here's the thing with Trump. As you know, he wants to do something clever, like Moab-style... To leave a mark somehow, right? I'm just wondering what type of Dude, idiotic thing that he's Moab. inserting himself into. If here. we have the if we had the Moab and we didn't know about that, what else do we have? Yeah, I mean, I had no idea we had a, like mini nukes that were just yeah. like built during the Bush administration, just sitting there. Um, yeah, I mean, has any president? I know Bush had the crazy rhetoric about the axis of evil, but did any other president actually say the kind of stuff that Trump's saying? Like, we're going to bring fire and fury. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. No. It's coming. It's coming. Um, no. Just like every week, he's just like, this is about to happen. Remember that weird, ominous threat that he gave with that room full of reporters where he's like, it's about to get like really bad. And they're like, what are you referring to? You'll and he's find like, out. you'll find out. Yeah. Well, remember, he, he really relished this idea during the campaign. We've brought this up before the podcast, how he... He doesn't want to tell you what he's going to do before he does it. I'm not going to tell you what I'm going to do before I do it. I'm not going to, but no, even when one of the first. That was the best response yeah. to the ISIS question. Like, what, you stupid idiots? Yeah. One of, the, one of his first press conferences ever was when he said, um, I'm not going to tell you what I'm going to do with no, in North Korea. I'm not going to tell you what I'm going to do in Iran. But you'll find out what I'm going to do. Like, I mean, I don't know, I'm not kind of botching the quote, but basically that was what he was saying. I mean, he like wants people to be surprised or something. That's what's more scary is I feel like this could be one of those things he might just do as a surprise. And also that he had no strategy whatsoever. And he was just like, this is a great way to just like have zero response. Just be like, you fucking idiots. You think I'm going to tell you what I'm going to do? I'm just going to do it. <laughs> I'm just going to have generals tell me what to do <laughs> when I get in. It's such a bizarre uh, thing to say. I wanted to say really, really quickly one more thing. When he was with the president of China at Mar-a-Lago, remember that weird dinner at Mar-a-Lago that he had with with Jinping? Where they wouldn't allow the news um, to actually bring in their cameras to film his speech. Yeah. They used their feed, the Mar-a-Lago feed, which was distorted and broken. It it was right after he told the world that the U.S. was, quote, sending an armada very powerful toward North Korea, um, which w- which it wasn't. So he, like, <laughs> lied. <laughs> but he also, babies. at the same time, <laughs> was sent almost 60 Tomahawk missiles to Syria, like, randomly while he was at dinner oh, like with the president. Yeah, which, which this, Medea was speculating that this was, like, a clear message to North Korea and China, just being, like, we do not give a fuck about what you say. We're just going to take unilateral yeah. action. Because everyone was just like, why are you sending missiles to Syria? It was like totally random and just... While he was at yeah, dinner with yeah. the Chinese... Just casually at dinner at Mar-a-Lago wow. while he's bombing uh, kids. So, Well, yeah, I mean, this... Brings Drone King to a whole new level. Well, I mean, the Foreign Policy Initiative and PNAC, one of their biggest, you know, besides Russia, it was China. And yeah. if you really think about it, I think China does pose more of a bulwark to like American hegemony yeah, than it's economic. Russia does. Yeah. So it's really, really de- scary to think what forces will align to like get the U S to try to stand up to China or, or like actually like get involved in a war with China. It's funny that it's spiral <laughs> when, out of control. It's funny that when people like love to 
hail capitalism as like the reigning system and how great it is. And you look at, no one likes to talk about why is Russia and China the next two global superpowers? Because they had planned economies. <laughs> like, yeah, you could argue about everything else going on in the country, but because they planned their economy, they were able to like catapult from impoverished, like basically just like peasant societies into global superpowers who are like the two second largest, <laughs> you know what I mean? Forces in the world because they had planned economies. It's quite fascinating. No one really likes to give them credit for that. <laughs> mm -hmm. You know, it's nuts. Because you don't have to have like an inherent booms and busts where the top zero one, you know, point zero one percent of the of the population, and it really is like a global oligarchy at this point, that cause these booms and busts that are intrinsic within the capitalist society that we live. And then once the busts happen, they'd go and reap the profits. Dante was telling me that seventy percent of the wealth that was like accumulated and seized during the last recession just uh -huh. went to the like 0.01%. So it's like they caused the economic collapse and then they just completely raped and pillaged like everyone who was suffering from it. And that's what's going to keep happening. That's why over the course of the last five years, it's gone from what a couple hundred people owning half the world's wealth to now just six or whatever. It's like, this is what happens. It's going to keep shrinking because of what capitalism is doing. Anyway, just a side note. So yeah, I agree with you that China is next in terms of this is the real threat. Mm -hmm. Fuck Russia. Russia's capitalist. China's not. I mean, China's a mixed economy, but mostly, you know, that's the threat here. China think, makes everything. I think Russia is a convenient scapegoat. Yeah. I think a lot of the time we did those military drills in Ukraine and in Poland and all the sur surrounding nations, the NATO nations, um, especially when it seemed like Cold War 2.0 was heating up. Um, I think that was more of a PR stunt. I don't think there were enough forces in the United States that were seriously driven enough to get into a hot war with Russia, even by proxy in Ukraine. Um, so I think there were definitely ideologues like Strobe Talbot and people like that, like Victoria Newland, even maybe Hillary Clinton, who really thought that that was a good idea. But I don't think there was enough consensus, really, I mean, look at what Obama decided not to send the weapons. So I think it, a lot of that stuff was more of a PR stunt. Looking back on it, I'm not saying that there wasn't a risk of getting into a hot war with Russia. Like, I mean, it was a very hot, potentially hot situation. We're still in a situation like that. But the situation with North Korea, I think, just really does raise the possibility of us getting into that backburner neocon plan of... Total dominance. Yeah, like total dominance because dominance. China ultimately probably poses a greater threat to our dominance than Russia does. Yeah. If you really boil it down, not saying Russian military couldn't hurt us really bad, it would be extremely devastating is what I'm saying if this actually pulled us into like a World War Three scenario with China. And unfortunately, all the neocons will once again be backing that even because they want that is us ultimately to a stand prize. up to China mm -hmm. or whatever. Yeah, like catapult. It's like we're we're bypassing Russia and Iran and just going straight for the end goal, <laughs> which we know is really the ultimate prize here for global do domination. And if we do this sort of preemptive strike on North Korea, that's the message that it's sending to the world. I mean, it will cement us as the most sinister, destructive, dangerous empire, Nazi Germany times a hundred. I mean, it is going to be Hiroshima, Nagasaki to a level that we haven't seen. I mean, tens of millions of lives are on the line. Um, there is absolutely no justification for this whatsoever. There never has been, obviously, for any of this, this shit, but this is extraordinarily unique. Mm -hmm. um, and we need to galvanize to resist it. We need to put this as, as the forefront. We need to put this at the forefront of our resistance efforts right now. And we actually need to form a real anti-war resistance um, and telling co-workers, friends, families, neighbors, posting on social media, telling Trump on Twitter, because he, because he's on Twitter and obsessively looks at it, um, do everything that you can, calling radio stations, writing editorials, sending around this information, and posing how many lives are at stake. Um, join your local answer coalition, try to get involved with protests going on. Um, whoever's organizing protests, you need to get in the streets and you need to get active both online and in the streets um, and, and urging everyone that you know 
how dangerous this is and how important it is that we stop this. Yes. And anyone who's voicing um, support for this, whether it be news anchors or congressmen, call the fuck out of them. They do listen to that stuff um, and tweet at these people and tell them how disgusting they are. I mean, this really does affect people getting enormous amounts of feedback. So all these anchors on TV who are just like mindlessly and casually propagandizing us and talking about how great it is for Trump to be wanting to take out the North Korean leader, please tell them how wrong they are. Um, it's up to us. Because yeah. as we can see, we're, we're, Trump's running a, a, there's a rudderless ship um, and Trump is is being puppeted by evangelicals and a bunch of generals. So, And the military industrial complex, I mean, and corporate forces in the United States. Oh yeah, tell, talk about the, the leaflets. Oh yeah, well, I mean, I'll, I'll talk about that in a second, but yeah, I mean, I would recommend... Um, you should uh, also try to nudge people who are anti-imperialists that you see on Twitter or on social media um, to start talking about this North Korean uh, war situation and a potential for this. Try to nudge them in the direction to pay attention to it and to understand the gravity of, and seriousness of how this is escalated and where it's at right now. Because um, a lot of them are not focusing necessarily on what I think is the biggest potential disaster happening right now. And we can also still possibly prevent it. Um, Yemen and Saudi Arabia is horrible. Um, you know, all these other places in, in what's happening in Syria is still horrible. Um, and even in Iraq. But this, I think, will dwarf all of that. And, and I hate to make a calculation like that, but it, it really will. It's shocking to me how little people are talking about it, even on the anti-imperialist left or even libertarians. And it really needs to be seriously focused on. And yeah, it's going to be really fucking hard if you're in, if this is that we're actually in an active war with North Korea to sit there and, you know, say that Kim Jong-un deserves his sovereignty and then like defend Kim Jong-un's right to hold power. That's we've been propagandized for so long to think this guy is the ultimate Satan cartoon, like evil that you, you just got to focus on the humanity, humanitarian toll here. Um, I think that's the right strategy to use. And I'm not saying you have to acquiesce and say, okay, yeah, he should be taken out of power, but let's do it the right way. No, I'm not suggesting that at all. That's fucking bullshit. Do not get into that framing at all. Or you fucking acquiesced to the imperialist mindset. Um, I'm saying that it's, I'm just saying, it's going to be hard because we've been propagandized right. for decades, just like we were with Saddam, to think he was the fucking cartoon villain flavor of the month. Yeah, even when it Seth Rogen, the cool hipster yeah. comedian, did a whole CIA puppeted movie about taking yeah. him out. Yeah, so it's going to be really, this is going to be really challenging to push back against a war, even if millions of people are dying. It really still will. I, I, I hate to say that. And so. I agree that this is, we can prevent this. This is something that we can prevent. Unlike everything else that you just mentioned, not to diminish that, but this is something that hasn't started yet. You know? Yeah. And, you know, I mean, even, um, it's just, it's really scary to see where this, where this could go or why it went here so fast. But it seems like a lot of it has to do with sort of this idea of taunting Trump. And just the forces aligning, like John Bolton whispering in his ear, who's been obsessed with attacking North Korea for years and years, um, ever since he's in the Bush administration. People like David Frum and Bill Kristol are going to be right behind Trump in this. I guarantee you. Um, yeah, and, and Trump um, could be, you know, could be easily taunted into making a first strike maneuver. Um and one, and you know, one thing that crossed my mind is uh, there were some leaflets circulating. They were apparently made by North Koreans or people in North Korean government. I don't know if that's actually true, but this is how the article was framing it. That were basically showing extremely good, like manga style, um, anime illustrations of of Trump being like, like his head being cut off with like blood squirting out, like his brains being smashed in, like someone curb stomping him. Like basically like showing Trump like Damn. like we should like he's a monster, like he's depicted like this fat, disgusting pig monster with a pig nose who's just being like like fucking like tortured and murdered like with like blood like flying out of his corpse. Like I mean it's like really good looking drawings. Um 
And I could even see when I read that article, I was like, God damn, if Trump saw these drawings, man, that could have been the just the thing that flipped him. Like that's how scary this is. Um, you know, and I'm just this is all speculation. I have no idea if that was the case. But when I saw them, I was like, oh my god! Like, wait, I totally forgot we didn't talk about how weird it was that he during Trump's tour in Asia, he like pretended like he wanted. He was like, I just want to be friends with you. Remember that? He had some weird moment where with he North was like, Korea? yeah, yeah. I that do. was he is. I mean, again, more pointing to him being mentally unstable. I mean, he's like oscillating between like threatening to yeah. kill twenty million people to being like, why aren't we friends? Or just he repeats whatever he says from whoever like taught like influenced him that day. He's like yeah. an empty vessel. <sighs> really scary. Well, he said, "Why would Kim Jong Un insult me by calling me old when I would never call him short and fat?" Also. He yeah. is uh, he's a petulant child. And even and even just from like pragmatists, you know, like even if you're not you know, w- and if you don't fit in any of the paradigms you just mm-hmm. described, like pragmat from a pragmatic point right. of view, do we want to get into World War 3 right now? Right. When all this other shit's still going on. I mean, it just seems like psychologically and just it's going to just destroy us. I just don't understand why anyone would want that. And that's the whole thing that I even the only reason I brought up Bilderberg earlier is because like I'm curious what those kind of people think about North Korea. If we do something like that, we will basically that will codify us in history. Well, not even in history, but just in like recent history of being the most fucking genocidal murderous nation on earth. It'll be more blatant than ever. I mean, and I guess that's the silver lining, maybe, but that's a, such a terrible, cynical thing to even say. That then people finally realize how awful we are, and it's going to take that? I mean, that's that's sad. Yeah, at what cost are we going to stop the empire? Please. <laughs> Please. Um, sorry, that's such a depressing note. It's just so crazy that this happened. Um so quickly you know and it's escalating at such a rapid rate under the radar of like this war on christmas and these dumb culture wars so we got to be astute critical thinkers media literate and we just got to really focus here um on on his militarism yeah and under the radar is that's what's creepy about this because trump has said we're not going to tell you what we're going to do and this seems to be creeping up and escalating behind the scenes, even though we're also getting bombarded by this anthrax propaganda about North Korea. There's also something I forgot to mention either earlier about how defectors from North Korea are apparently coming over with anthrax antibodies in them, meaning that they've been already vaccinated for anthrax. The Institute for the Study of War, a neocon think tank, is just tweeting about how that means that, an- that North Korea is preparing for a biological weapons attack on us. Um, this shit's all lining up right now. And the fact that it's behind the scenes to me almost makes it even scarier and more likely to happen because I, because I do feel like it's going to be hard to sell a preemptive strike on North Korea, but it will not be hard to sell it once it's already happening. Like once we, they've already like done something back to South Korea or Mm -hmm, anybody. So, um, be ready for that. Things will shift very quickly. And you'll even see Jake Tapper up there saying, ding dong, the witch is like singing ding dong, the witch is dead. When like Kim Jong-il's body is like being dragged through the streets or something. Like that's how fucking surreal and nuts this shit could get. I mean, so just, just be ready psychologically because even though I think because it hasn't happened yet, there's still a possibility to stop it. It's going to be a heavy, heavy, heavy thing to experience for everybody. And we don't want that. I mean, we obviously don't want that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, share some of the information we're putting in the timeline here. This Business Insider article, this Newsweek article, um, it's all very, very dire. And it should really spell out just how serious this situation is. And also follow someone like Tim Chirac on Twitter or other places. I don't really know very many other people who are covering this potential conflict um, who have such like so much experience with it and he's he's very alarmed right now so mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, yeah we go we gauge our reaction with how alarmed he is since he's so plugged in and he he's taking this very seriously so it's always a good signal for us that we should be too so thank you tim um follow tim Schrock on twitter and also yeah call out all these publications and 
and for their fear-mongering and war-mongering too. Thanks for listening, you guys. Sorry for the, the low point and kind of a depressing podcast, but we felt it was urgent uh, to just break all this down and you know, let us know what you think. Do you, do you agree? Do you, what do you think we should do? Give us your thoughts and opinions and we'll, we'll help put it out there. Thanks so much for listening. Yeah, and don't, also don't panic. You know, just keep a, keep a cool head about this. Don't run out and get Cipro because of the, the, the news about the anthrax. If, God forbid, something like that does happen and someone mysteriously sends anthrax through our mail again, Cipro is terrible for your body. Um, it's a pharmaceutical company fucking, like, uh, total disaster fuck up. It causes permanent tendinitis. If you stretch too hard while you're on Cipro, you can literally cause permanent muscle damage. Um, so... There are other actual antibiotics, I don't know them off the top of my head, that are way safer for your body that you can take to prevent anthrax infection. But again, do not panic. Do not make a rush on antibiotics. In fear of sounding just like George W. Bush, do not take antibiotics without consulting a healthcare professional first. <laughs> just realize that we're not going to get hit here with a nuclear weapon. The people who will incur the most toll from this will be south koreans and north koreans so don't be don't be afraid in that sense that something because don't let your reptile brain get activated and and all of a sudden think well he is threatening us like we got to do something just don't let yourself go there because that's never how it is we the u.s government always lies us into this shit you know and if and if all of a sudden we claim that a north korean terrorist attack happened here be very 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 skeptical oh my god very skeptical That's what I'm talking about, the pretext. It's like, this is like a totally unprecedented. Yeah, it is. These, these yeah. dudes haven't had the balls to do something like this in a while. And, and it does scare me that a lot of the people in the Trump administration are still bizarrely connected to the anthrax attacks or people that he's friends with are, like Rudy Giuliani and stuff. I, you know, I won't speak much more on that, but you can, you can read. There's an article I put out on Mint Press News about it, which coincidentally I had an entire section about North Korea in there that I decided to remove because I thought it was, that's how unrealistic I thought the possibility was. Even when I knew all these North Korean-focused neocons were buddying up to Trump, like Ladine and John Bolton and James Woolsey, even that, even still, I still thought that's the least likely, like, they'll go after Iran first. But, no. Like, it's now, it seems like it's really Russian. It's coming fast. So, get out there and do something. Do whatever you can. Even if it's just bringing awareness to it. Right. Thanks, you guys. Keep your heads up. Happy holidays and Merry Christmas. Bye. And Happy New Year. And please check out our Patreon page for Media Roots Radio. Um, We are still trying to reach our goal so we can release four episodes a month. Thank you so much for listening. Bye.